right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me this week? Well, of course, it's that time of the year. It's Hall of Fame weekend time, and I'm on my way home. So that's what matters to me, and I hope it matters to the rest of you. I know, I know you've been starving for football, although basketball's done a good job of keeping us entertained throughout this period of time uh, beyond uh, the championship series. Um, but uh, that's okay. Uh, you're going to hear uh, from my uh, in-studio guest, the man himself, Jeff Taylor is in studio, the chancellor of football. You all know Jeff. Are you Facebook? Um, I'm not even going to call you uh, uh, fans, uh, friends. Uh, Jeff, you got a fan page? I do have a fan page. Taylor Bliss Times has a fan page. Yeah, he has a fan page. And I, I've been resisting a fan page because I, I feel like it's the whole fan thing it, to me at times is just uh, it's crazy because so many people that I know, I know personally. And, and I just don't feel comfortable with them being identified as, as fans. Although they've been fans of mine, I've been fans of theirs. I, I can't wait to go home. As a matter of fact, for Hall of Fame weekend, we will be celebrating in Canton, Ohio. We're going to have a Camp McKinley basketball reunion. And it's, it's, it's football time, but we're going to celebrate uh, the greatness of our basketball program there, as well as uh, everybody will be happy to see finally see the unveiling of the new uh, football stadium of which last year we had a little problem uh, with the AstroTurf so the game wasn't played. We had we will not have those problems this year. Uh, but let's, let's, let's get started because uh, the Chancellor is here with me uh, representing uh, quite nicely uh, the home team here and their Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. Got that nice Cardinal jersey on there. Kurt Warner, baby. Much respect. Uh, uh, Kurt uh, made me a fan back in the day, watching him. I was, of course, uh, celebrating the fact that uh, the man who gave me my chance to play pro football were two of those men, uh, Dick Vermeil and, of course, uh, his director of player personnel, Carl Peterson, were a part of that staff out mm -hmm. there in uh, St. Louis when they were the Rams. And, uh, of course, my wife is from St. Louis, so, you know, since there was no team in there that I played for that I could root for, I had to be rooting for them. And um, it's great to see him going in. I, I think uh, I do like, I've always liked Kurt's game, great game. Man can throw the football, you know, does a good job of reading coverages, throws the ball to the, in the right place at the right time to the right person, does it all. You know, and, of course, the, the greatest show on turf – them boys was there, to, you know, to support him, uh, running and passing. And then, of course, the big Buckeye up on the offensive line, of course, another Hall of Famer, race. you know, big fellow was there to protect him. So when you got all those ingredients, uh, chances are it's going to be a pretty good day for you. So I appreciate you showing the respect today with the jersey on there. I so let, let's, 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 let's take a look at that class of, of Hall of Famers. Do you, do you have a favorite other than Jerry Jones in that class? Other than Jerry Jones. <laughs> it's America's team. Everybody loves Jerry. Realistically, so, Kurt, Kurt Warner is the one I wanted to see go in. I had heard such scuttlebutt over the last few years where people were saying, well, he had that lull midway through his career when he was with the Giants. And I'm like, guys, you don't understand the heights he reached when he was in St. Louis, plus what he did with the Cardinals. I mean, he deserves to be there. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. I, I will say this, too. I, I agree with you that Kurt does, but – I. I guess I'm going to be a homer. I'm, I'm, I'm going to root for my boy Kenny Easley. 
because, you know, too many safeties don't get in. Uh, Kenny is in, but I'm sure Kenny at one time uh, has admired the play of one who is yet to get in as a safety, and that is uh, Jack Tatum. Yes. There's no, I don't think anybody in, in the game made a greater impact on the game than Jack to, to this day. I'm going to say with the concussion issues we have, uh, Jack Tatum, you know, played a part in that. So much so, I remember Tom Jackson had to get rid of his segment of the program. You know, that's why I used to tell everybody when when Tom had that segment called Jacked, Jacked Up. Him up. Yeah. That, that was that was they Jack Tatum him up. <laughs> you know, so uh, but my man Kenny Easy, uh, uh, freshman class of 1977, uh, UCLA. UCLA. Oh yeah, oh, I remember it because UCLA. We played them two times uh, when I was in school. You want to hear something funny? They came to Ohio State. I was at that, was that game at that Ohio Stadium. Yeah, they, but they won at Ohio Stadium. Mm -hmm. We won there, and they won at, at our house. Yep. Because I think Irv Eatman knocked out Sleister in that game. It might have been uh, might have been Kenny. I don't know who it was, but if Art uh, had to go to the bench. Now, you know, knowing what we know now, Art might have been faking. He might have had some money on the game. Oh, now, I, don't, I don't know that for sure. That's just <laughs> that's, that's, that's a humorous comment I'm making. You know, we could have a little fun with the show. Uh, yeah, man. I, hey, man, you never know what Art, you know. Yeah. Art, Art was a pretty d d tough dude. He could shake it off if he wanted to, you know. But the fact that there were some hitters out there, then he, maybe he did get a chance to, you know, to make sure that the Buckeyes didn't score too many points because he could come back when he wanted to. Uh, that is a, a young man, and, and uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Art Sleasher. I understand what he's suffering through now. Uh, he's on vacation, but he's suffering through something that I believe is a sickness and an illness, and he can be addicted to gambling. You know, yeah. I, I think he needs help um, because that young man, when he's on the football field and he was focused, there wasn't nothing better than him at that time. He was a sophomore and had us playing for the national championship game, and, again, he might have been influenced at that game, too. Um, but who knows? As a, as a defensive back, um, Kevin Williams took me to the house on a deep one. Wasn't, listen, I, I'm not the type of guy I like to make excuses. I'll just give you the facts because a lot of times what I like to do is I like to edge, well, let me see, share information with people. Uh, a good friend of mine yesterday, Eddie, you know, said, be careful how you use the word educating. Because some people could take that very offensive. It could be very offensive to them. I understand. So there are people like yourself, Chancellor, um, who respects the game, who knows the game. You may not feel that way. But, you know, sometimes when you're sitting down with people that may like the game, even love the game, from a fan's perspective, they may not know the game. So I'm sure there's times when you've probably taken time to explain the game to them. And then they may see it differently. Because when, you wa when I watch games on TV, as many times that I... And I'm watching, I'm listening to the commentary, and I'm wondering why is there an expert there who's played the game, who knows the game, and knows roles and responsibilities of players don't take the extra step to explain to people what really happened. It may look like this happened, but in reality it was this person that should have done that, and because that person didn't do this, then that didn't happen. And all the time. I see it all the time. And it's there are many times in the game where, you, you know, you may... Now, if, if somebody's wide open... That happened to me in the Jets game, in, in the Jets game uh, in Cleveland, where Bernie brought us back. The game was over, and Bernie brought us back. <laughs> he resuscitated us, put some life back into us. Um, 86 playoffs, I remember. Wide receiver, way wide open, way open. 
and I run into the screen. I didn't believe I was going to get there. I got there fast enough and thought I was going to, you know, I didn't want to interfere with the dude, be right there in the end zone. So when the ball comes, I hit him. But I'm here, and I, if I, if I got, but I, I, I got there so fast, I didn't think I could get there, first of all. I didn't, he was so far ahead of me. Because it, but, it was somebody, but I saw him wide open in the end zone, so I knew quarterback, so I, I took off running. Next thing I know, I get there, and I get there fast, and I thought I was going to get there, and so I, I can't, in the end zone, so I can't hit him or push him. Now remember, drops, boom. that's that flea flicker, and they hit that see, to Wesley Walker. See? I remember that play. Wasn't my, wasn't my man. But you show up, and the announcer's going to say what they think is right. But there's somebody in there that should have corrected him and said, no, nah, if you see Ray's way over here, and he takes off and, and runs. But what the heck? Uh, uh, also in, in the... Uh, What's known as the fumble, Mark Jackson was not my man either, <laughs> <laughs> and he was down oh, okay. on the one. I've seen that on your side a couple of times. So, uh, but uh, we we're, we're going to have a whole lot of fun here today. Yeah, uh, to catch if, if anybody would uh, like to call in, feel, please feel free. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four, as Moses Malone would say. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Got the chance in the studio with me. And uh, so, Chancellor, you know, let's get back to that Hall of Fame class. In particular, I mentioned Jerry Jones only because uh, Jerry has done so many good things for the NFL, for his team, of course, brought them back um, to the point where, again, uh, they are the conversation or they're always a part of the conversation. If for no other reason, it's because they're the Dallas Cowboys. But last year they were in the conversation because they were good. Um uh, Surprisingly good. We didn't know that the two rookies were going to be as good. We knew they were good ball players. Mm-hmm. We didn't know they would contribute as early as and as consistently as they did, uh, which has brought them back now to the conversation of NFC champs expected to be, possibly, um, possibly, possibly, because there's a little competition in the NFC East. Um, we can't just write it off for them, you know. Like everybody's trying to write write it off for the Patriots being nineteen and zero. Come on, I'm not I'm not gonna go that far. You play the game to win. Of course, quote there from my boy Herman. Um, so, uh, but let's talk a little bit about Jerry. Uh, Jerry, did, you know, Jerry is um, like I said, made tremendous contributions and uh, enhanced the value of not only his team. You know, but when you bring your team value up, you bring the rest of the values of other teams up, too. And when you do things in a big way, everybody else wants to do them in a big way. I think he's he's moved the needle. He's raised the standards. It, it's always been the highest it could be. But he, he, he moved the bar up high to even higher. Um, he's bought, you know, revenues, opportunities to teams. He, he's bought football back to the point and sports back to the point where it's, it's – it's one of the top things to do in the entertainment field. Sports is, is you know, I, I, I like to think in the 70s is when sports start becoming part of entertainment and considered entertainment. And, and those people involved in sports became celebrities. Even, even the commentators became celebrities. Um, I think Jerry has when that football took off. Oh yes, uh, yeah, a lot yes, happened in the seventies. Yes, and and and, and I think Jerry has uh, come in and over his years, and uh, Jerry I think has helped push the envelope to raise the value 
uh, entertainment value of these organizations, even through some trying times, particularly in football, with the concussion issues and things of that nature, uh, with social media, more press coverage all the time, everything being reported 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. It's never break. Uh, right now, here it is, probably the franchise is one of their greatest moments. Pro Football Hall of Fame, again, you, that's the pinnacle of the profession. You can't get any higher than that. Here's one of theirs, him, is about to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, and the biggest story, everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen with Zeke. Zeke. Now, I think Roger Goodell is smart enough and respectful enough that if he's got a decision to make, he's not going to make that decision during the same week that Jerry's about to be inducted to the Pro Football Hall. So I don't think we'll hear anything this, this well. next week coming up. It'll pro if there's something, a decision to be made one way or the other, he'll put it to rest after Jerry's been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. How do, how do you feel about it? What do you I think, think about that's, that? I think that's right to make sure that he doesn't take up this week because, you know, this is like the Super Bowl. Former players, people are flying in. I mean, everyone that actually is celebrating the game is going to be there at the Hall. I mean, so you don't want to cast a pall on that whole thing with this talking about Zeke and what's going on with him. And I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that would be extremely uh, disrespectful to the rest of those folks as well. Uh, because, again, Jerry's probably, uh, although I don't think he'll be the final speaker, he may be the final speaker. I don't know if they've come up with the order which guys will speak. I haven't seen that yet either. Yeah, but they use the, uh, you know, the person they think may be the biggest draw. He can't be bigger than Jerry. And the Cowboys are in town, too. So he may be the final speaker. I don't know. Because shouldn't we hear from a player last? Yeah, but, you know. What can I say? Uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back. You listen to Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga race course. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. 
VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters, Hall of Fame weekend. I will be heading home to Canton, the Hall of Fame city, where this weekend will be the class of 2017. Uh, that includes Morton Anderson, Terrell Davis, Kenny Easley, Jerry Jones, Daniel Thomason, and Kirk Warner. Uh, first name I mentioned, a kicker. Okay, now, Chancellor, come on, man, a kicker. Now, I, I have all the respect in the world for anybody and everybody who's ever played this game. And I, one of my, you know, Paul McFadden was, was a, uh, a kicker, played with me in Philadelphia with the Philadelphia Eagles from Youngstown State, calling Mac. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Mac. He used to kick barefooted. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Tony Franklin I played with in Philadelphia. Tony was a kicker. T- Tony kicked barefooted. And it used to be cold in Philadelphia at times. Not quite like Cleveland. Um, but, but I, you know, when you look at it, you think about what everybody does, the contributions they make to the game, you know, and you try to weigh them out. And... You know, there, there is a value to everything that everybody does because everybody, they all are specialists. Uh, the thing about it is because they're such great athletes, they probably can do a couple different things. Um, with the exception of a kicker. A kicker can't do too many things. What? And some of them can't even kick. Obviously, more, more could because otherwise he wouldn't be going in. Well, he was a weapon, though. I oh, mean, yeah. Well, again. I mean, he set the record for the most 50-yard field goals in the game, and I think he started the wave of the new kickers that could actually kick for distance and accuracy. Well, again, I, I, I'm giving him credit, but uh, you got to remember they've won a lot of defensive struggles, twenty to seventeen, seventeen, thirteen. So you're saying his three points made a difference? His three points made a difference on several of those games. Well, certainly when you got a good kicker, it it certainly gives the team a lot of confidence. Um, I certainly can remember having a good kicker in Cleveland. Um, but I, but I, I would just say this. I bet you it's hard. Um, God rest his soul in heaven for Jack Tatum to, to look down and think that Morton Anderson got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and he, he and yeah. he didn't. You know, um, there's a lot of great players. I mean, Kenny Easley, who's who's going in. Thank God he's going in now. And Kenny, Kenny only got a chance to play like that. He had a short career like Gail Sayers. Kenny, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Kenny played. I know he played on this on the short side of ten years. I think he played seven or eight. Eighty-one through eighty-eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then he had yeah. the. Uh, yeah, last. They week. were they were actually trading Kenny. him. 
yeah. to the Arizona and Cardinals. That, and that's how they found out about and it. They found out about his kidney. Yeah. yeah. But uh but that, what's your what's your opinion? Let's talk a little bit about kickers. Uh, obviously, if there is a kicker to get in, you're okay with Morton being that kicker. Okay with Morton being that kicker. Okay, but in terms of on your list, if you had a vote, uh, are you looking for kickers when you go through the list of potential people? No. You're not? Okay. So it's going to be a while before you get to the position it's of kicker be a while. to no. look for somebody to go in to be inducted into the I'm looking program. linebackers. I'm looking linemen, running backs. And you know what? The funny thing is, as we're sitting here talking about Kenny Easley, safeties rarely go into the Hall of Fame. Are you exactly look right. Look at all the strong safeties and how many we can go over right now. You never see a strong safety go in the Hall of Fame. Leroy Butler, you know, David Fulcher. We start talking about Todd Bell. We start talking about all these strong safeties. Yeah. You'd never hear it. Steve Atwater. Yeah. Haven't well, heard him up for the Hall of Fame yet. It's, it's one of those uh, positions where perhaps maybe um, different than – other positions is strong safety and safeties, period. You know, there, there are a number of things they have, just like linebackers. There are a number of things. A linebacker's not just, you know, somebody who's just got to stop the run. you got to play some pass defense, too. Well, you know what? we got to come up with some type of next-gen stat to help support strong safeties. Well, you know, I'm, I'm still trying, you know, and I, and I again, this is, this is personal to me, but I'm still trying to get my two boys in, you know, Hanford and Minnie. Oh man, they should have been you know, in there a long time ago. <laughs> I guess it's hard because again, it's it's a it's a tandem. And did you see that list? Who was that that put that out? That list top twenty five cornerbacks, top twenty five shutdown cornerbacks in alpha history. Not only did Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield on that list not get their own slot, but they were like down in the twenties. And I'm like, oh boy. I, I can tell you this because I played both positions corner and safety but I but I also what I want to express is that there were games where receivers Chris Collinsworth could probably vouch for them better than anybody because Chris mm-hmm. is one of those people that gives them credit all the time about them shutting him down and, and Cincinnati down I mean there were times we play games and people wouldn't get you know maybe one or two catches and these are professional wide receivers and um so, no, I'm, I, I, every time I see them both or talk to them both, I'm always complimentary of, the, of uh, yeah, those looking are, back on them on years and seeing them play. Those are my guys. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you think of the best passing teams of the 1980s. First team you're going to think of was going to be the Miami Dolphins, Dan Marino, Mark Duper, Mark Clayton. And on the road in Miami, Minifield and Dixon held Duper and Clayton to one catch combined for the entire playoff game in 1985. I, I, I remember that in, in 85, too, Dan Faust wasn't doing so bad himself down there mm-hmm. in San Diego. And, and they had some Charlie Joyner and uh, Jefferson and uh, Winslow. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they they weren't <laughs> they weren't doing too bad, and uh, and had a running back coming out of the backfield that was scary. Um, they had Brooks, they had Chuck J- was, was, J- was James coming out that year, or was James in '86? Lionel, Lionel James is in there. Yeah, I think J- I think Lionel came in '80. He was sure, for sure think, in '80. Yeah. He was '85 for sure in '86, but '85 mm-hmm. he was there because he was in. We played him in Cleveland in '86, the last game of the year, and he took a little swing pass. You know, it's amazing how receivers can contribute to the stats of, re- of quarterbacks if you're a running back. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a receiver who got some shake, you catch a little swing pass, you know, open field, and 
Again, I don't like to keep bringing up Mark Jackson, but when I see you, I know you always talking about it, man. <laughs> Got a little shake, boom. That's that's all, like running backs. Well, you, you get were to talking blame about Mark Mark Harper. You can blame yeah. Felix Wright. They all missed tackles, and then now you had to chase him. Yeah. Now, but let me just say this: as a matter of fact, you and I were talking about a little, a little shake a little earlier, talking about this class of running backs. We were stuck on, you know, okay, which one would you take, LT or TD? You know, and 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 for me. Uh, I'm one of those guys, you know, that, that played in those days where there were running backs who had some serious shake, and, and there were some running backs that would run you over. And then there was some that had a combination of both. Um, Terrell had both, but I'm going Tomlinson for just at the height of what he could do. He could make moves. He had power. He could turn a really hard blow into a glancing blow, and that's why you never saw him really get injured and knocked out. Yeah, that, 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 I think that's, uh, that, that, that's an art and a science because you, one thing as a running back you need to do at all times is protect yourself. Uh, there are times where you are protected or supposed to be protected by, by linemen, but there's other times when you're out there in the open field and you, there's one of you and there's 11 other people that are chasing after you that you have to make sure you protect yourself. You've got to have vision that's ridiculous. And because people just running on all kinds of angles, all kind of force and leverage to de- to to deliver a blow. I don't mm-hmm. know. I really don't know how running backs do it. I, I really don't, man. It's it's just it's ridiculous. And then when you run through a, a short line, well, you run a short run, then all the big fat dudes on top of you, man. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. like, man, man, get off of me. But I I I I've always been one of those running back. I mean, one of those guys who likes running backs that can do it all. I like somebody who, you know, who's, who got, who give it to you and take it away from you. And I always tell people, I can always tell when I'm trying to help a young man who's playing ball, I always tell him, I can, tell, I can look at somebody and tell when they close their eyes. The bottom line is, whenever you come up to approach a, a wide receiver or, or a running back to tackle him, and if he puts a move on you and your body doesn't react, particularly your arms, you don't adjust your arms to his movement, then your eyes are closed. Because you, you want to tackle, you want to wrap with your arms. Now, if, if you're hitting him where he's unprotected, you, you don't need your arms. You, you're going to use your shoulder, your form, your head, whatever, and you're just going to go through him. But when you're coming up and it's you and him and he open field and he kind of shake on you, break down, and you, you try to break down. No, first of all, don't break down on him. Just run through him. Make him have to do something. Don't, don't know. A running back, that's all they want to do is have somebody try to break down on them in the open field. Oh, no, no. They, I don't know where that comes from. That they, people tell you that all the time. Break down, no, go get him. Just go get him. Force him because the other dudes be running. He trying to put a move on you. He gonna run into somebody else. Yeah. No, go 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 through him. Don't 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 break down. No 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 no. So anyway, so in this in this class, uh, you you think the last person I I said probably Jerry will give the entree and close things out. Who who do you think it'll be? I would think it would be Tomlinson. I I, I think you know what. To be honest, I think it's going to be – I thought about Jerry, but I think it might be TD, only because TD has a lot of experience in the studio. They both do. They're both on NFL Network, so that's why I think one of them L- is L- going to be – Yeah, Ladanian, but, but I think TD has been there. Um, I, I think it might be TD. I could see it. Yeah, I, I think it might be TD. But, but it, it could be Kurt. Could be Kurt. Could be Kurt. I don't know. I have a feeling it's going to be Tomlinson or it's going to yeah. be TD. Yeah. We know certainly that, that uh, the house is going to be packed with Jerry Jones fans. Mm-hmm. As, a, as, as an owner, as, as, as the Dallas Cowboys, and you know we got Zeke coming to the, coming in the house too. And Zeke is going to represent the Ohio State University. And there will be a lot of those folks there in Canton, Ohio. 
So, uh, so that that may be the re- that may take it over the top for Jerry. I don't know. Jerry's not loved though. You know what I mean? I don't know if Jerry's loved enough where people are really going to be coming to see him like they're coming to see. Oh, these I think players. Jerry Jones is a brand, a big, a, a, brand. a huge brand. He's a brand, but and 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 that 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 and I mean not only just. The Dallas Cowboys, but Jerry Jones himself has, has turned himself into a brand, and and I think uh, Jerry's got a lot of followers. But to be the keynote guy, I think I think uh, a lot of people like I think a lot of people like Jerry. Um, but but I, I will say this again: we spent a lot of time on this class, but but I think it's worthy of it. Uh, there's a lot of great guys there. Um, you talked about uh, Jason, Jason going in, family member. Is that why you talked about? Yeah, Jason? no. <laughs> Um, Jason's kind of a quiet, the quiet yeah. guy in the group there. Um, he kind of sneaks up on you when you start to think about you look greatest at his, lineman you look, of the line. You look at his 90s, stats and he's like, really? Early 2000s. Yeah, it's yeah, real quiet. You look at his stats and you're like, really? Because I don't remember ever having him be like the number one pass rusher in football or the feared going to get your quarterback. Oh, it's third, oh, it's third down. Who do you got to watch for Jason Taylor? Yeah. I mean, when the, game, at, at, when the games were on, you would say that. Because he's playing a pretty good game, but when you're just you know kind of looking through the list of players all the time, who you think about, but how long that you, era? Yeah, how long are you going to get? Well, that era, yeah, yeah. Jason is post. Jason's post some of the bigger names. Um, I don't know. It was right as Derek Thomas's career was ending, right when Kevin Green's career was ending. Uh, right, Strahan was still there, so I still mm-hmm. I thought of Strahan a little bit more. Now we're thinking about Jason Taylor. But his stats are close. Stats are close. He's deserving. Yeah. It's just that he just sneaks up on you when you start thinking about Hall of Famer, greatest of linemen to rush the passer. His name just isn't going to jump out. Well, I'll tell you what. um, He's he's won the honor. He's going to be there. And I'm sure he's going to do a great job with his speech. And um, I I certainly congrats to him. Yeah, he's one of those young men. Uh, done a fine job so we're going to take a break and uh, we're going to come back talk about a couple other guys and a couple other things you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network the Chancellor Jeff Taylor is in the studios with me be sure to come back after this break your internet flagship station for sports Voice America Sports Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for A Coach's Spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, welcome back. It's the Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got the Chancellor of Football, Jeff Taylor, in the studio with me. Uh, I appreciate you coming in, Jeff. Appreciate uh, it. Now, um, we got, we're going to move on, and we got some some current things we want to talk a little bit about. First of all, I, uh, I'm going to skip over. We did have the uh, power rankings uh, up next, but I'm going to skip over that. I'm, I'm going to go straight to the Ravens and, and Kaepernick, and, and, and I understand that uh, – well, T. Sigal was like, hey, if he can help us win, let, let's, let's bring him in. And Flacco was okay with it as long as it wasn't for his starting job. Now, here's why I have a, here, here's why I have a problem uh, with that. Because I, I don't think anybody's job, I, I never recall anybody's job being, you know, that secured. It. And, and why should you be worried about competition anyway? You should be the best ball player in regards to who comes in. You should, you know, all right, chop him down, chop him down, chop him down, chop him down, no problem. You know, I, you know, and I've heard this from quarterbacks in the past, you know, about quarterbacks in the past that you don't want to bring, you don't want to, you know, rattle his confidence by bringing somebody in. Well, then do you really want to win? Because that means if his confidence is rattled and if this person can do anything to challenge him for his job, maybe you don't have the best man. Because I, I need to know you got, you got nerves of steel when, when you in, in, that, in that huddle and at that line of scrimmage. You know, like Tom Brady. I don't think Tom is worried about anybody, you know, coming in and taking his even as old as he is. Mm-hmm. You know, let your play speak for yourself and not the fact that once you become the starter, then, you know, nobody's going to compete for your job. I, I, every job I ever had, I had to compete for it. Uh, if I was younger, I was competing for an older player's job. If I was older, a younger player was competing for my job. I, I don't get this. And, and, this is another thing to let you know that sports is about more than just the game. It's about money right now. Correct. Be- because the owner in Baltimore, uh, the one thing that they surely don't want to do is disrupt the flow of their money, whether it be at, in the advertising dollars or mm-hmm. whether it be uh, you know, at the ticket gate. Because I've, I've never heard where everybody gets a vote. The fans, yeah. the, the fans got a voice in this thing. You know, some former teammates got Steve you know, Mastrati sat down and actually talked to own, advertisers yeah, yeah, what and it, fans. Never heard that before. No, I'm not, never in my, heard that I've before. never heard of that in my life. Never, 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 never. You know, and so it's 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 kind of crazy to me because again, um, it's so contradicting to you know what we all should stand for. And uh, if the best player wins, and there's a player out there that's going to make your football team. But after all, this is this is football. It's business. We know it's business because now you guys are letting us know this is really about business. Uh, but if he's the, if the best product wins the game and you're trying to get the trophy, 
you should prepare your team and have, you know, God forbid something happens to your quarterback, and now you got to put in somebody who's throwing five and six interceptions in practice. Correct. And if you're the starter, most of the time the starters are going against the second team. They ain't always going against the first team. Now, you go 7-on-7, 1-against-1, but you're going 9-on-7, something like that. You know, it's backups against the starters. And, and your starters throwing interceptions against the backup defense? I don't know how good that looks. So I think you learn a lot about your quarterback at the exact same time. Because think back about three, four years ago when the Eagles were bringing in Michael Vick. And they did talk to Jonathan McNabb. Now, the last thing you want to hear Dominic McNabb say is, nope, don't want him here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my job. I have everything under control. Why are you scared of competition? Only it's the first I, thing. He would have lost respect yeah. in his own locker room had he taken that stance. That's right. That's right. So, you know, Everybody we, else got to pee for, compete for their job. That's right. So he said, no, bring him in. He can help us win. Let's do this. And the bottom line, the only thing I, I would be, I'm the kind of guy like this. It's, it's like I don't ever park in handicapped spaces because I don't ever want to be, I'm not handicapped. I don't want to be handicapped, so I'm not going to park in that space. Uh, only thing I would think, you bring me in in case I get hurt. Well, hell, you already, you, you think I'm getting hurt? In this case, Flacco is hurt. You know, uh, it's like down there in Dallas, you know, they bring in a running back, uh, not because uh, they're going to replace Zeke, but just they want to have the best running backs. If something does happen to Zeke, we want to have somebody else here who can help us out. I, I, I just don't I, don't, I don't get that. If you, if you want to be the best team, you should have all of your, everybody on your team should be the best that you can possibly get at that position. You know, I, I, I know a lot of times uh, and re- we play nickel defense. And when you play nickel, that means you bring it in a, a, another corner that's going to replace a lineman or a linebacker because he's a better pass defender than the linebacker. Or the defensive lineman. So you bring him out so that, you know, when they put three wide receivers in, now you got another corner on the wide receiver. There was never, you know, you weren't really worried about that nickel back. You wanted to, so you know you had to have another defensive back that was very, very good that could guard a starting wide receiver. Going to help your team win. If you don't, then you, you, you're not going to be able to stop the pass and you're going to lose games. Talk about kicker, you want to get the best kicker, <laughs> you know. We want, you know, you don't want to not bring in the best kicker because you're worried about, you know, okay, uh, maybe instead of uh, going for it on fourth down, we might kick it. Can't worry about someone's feelings. You need to do what's best for the team. Uh, otherwise, I think the otherwise fans, they never would have had. And I think the fans are short-selling themselves. They, they want to go with mediocrity than to win. They, they really don't want to win. All this, this other stuff, this, it's the man's personal perception and his own opinion, and he should be able to speak it. I just, I, I just really don't, I, I really don't get that. If any team, from a football standpoint, should know what Colin Kaepernick could do, it should be the Ravens. Remember, he was the one that was torturing That's them exactly in the right. second half of that Super Bowl after that power outage, and had them down at the six yard line. I mean, one pass, the Ravens may not have won Super Bowl forty seven. I mean, so they should know of anybody how hot he can get. And, and, and the man, could, he, he can basically do it all. He's been to a Super Bowl. You, you got backup quarterbacks in this league that, you know, their team hasn't even been to the Super Bowl since they've been in the league. So this is the man who's been to the Super Bowl and has, has, has performed quite well. His quarterback rating here the last, you know, couple years isn't that bad. But Just hasn't you, had any help. And you, everyone has to remember, he also went against Seattle's defense. For several years, the Rams' defense for several years. So he saw some serious defenses in the NFC West. And you got to give uh, and the Cardinals. I've always liked the Cardinals' defense. I've always felt that the Cardinals' defense is one of those things where you you might win the game, but you know it ain't gonna be easy. Mm-hmm. I've always liked the Cardinals' defense. 
Well, with that with that being said, um, so they should have like signed him. Cap, somebody's gonna get a job. He's gonna get a job. Sometime. Baltimore should have signed him. I have, yeah. I'm just worried he's gonna wind up going to Canada for the year. You think he'll go to Canada? I'm worried he's gonna go to Canada for the year because. We're at a time where, hey, he should be in camp learning all this now. Yes. I mean, if you bring him in week two, started. week yeah. three, and now let's hand him our playbook. But he's a smart man. I didn't say he wasn't, he's but just man. repetition. Repetition. I, I, I agree with in. that. So he, he, he needs to be in practice yeah, now there, getting that repetition yeah, in. There, there's nothing, particularly if you're in a new system and you're a quarterback. You want to get, you want to get comfortable with the cadence. You want to get comfortable with the receivers, offensive linemen. You know, that's one thing about it. it's it's hard for a lineman to block for a quarterback if they don't know his pattern, you know, his thought pattern. Believe it or not, a lot of times linemen, for instance, the New England Patriots will tell you one thing they know about Tom Brady is he's going to be in the pocket. Mm-hmm. So so they know how to block for him as it gets long in the play. They still know where Tom's going to be. They they know what, what side of the ball, what side of the field the play was going to. If it's a pass, they know where Tom's going to be. So they know how to protect him. All that is just chemistry after a while. If you don't get a chance to get that, then you're right. You're, you're going to miss out on a couple of things. Uh, there's a couple other things I want to talk about when you were in the studio with me today, Chance. Uh, uh, talked a little bit about Zeke already. Um, there's a situation. Let's kind of compare that situation to what happened with Kaepernick. Here's a, here's a situation where uh, the Cowboys fans ain't trying to get rid of him, and this is a much more serious charge. Correct. And, uh, again, it's... It's, it's an allegation because he hasn't been legally charged yet. Um, but Roger's still, you know, holding something over his head. Either he's going to drop it on his head or he's going to put it in his pocket. But uh, the fan reaction to that is a little different. Does that say something about the kind of people we've become? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I mean, because if someone can help you win... We're going to overlook something. It's almost like Jimmy Johnson talking about his ladder for all of his players. You know, if you're a special teamer and you barely made a squad and you're going to make mistakes, you're off the team. But if you're one of his core competitors, team leaders. He can forgive you. He's going to forgive you. And I think that's pretty much how it's going to, how it's going to go in Dallas for, for Zeke. And what's funny is a lot of people aren't even worried about him possibly having a sophomore slump. No, I don't believe he will. I, I don't think running backs have but sophomore stumps like quarterbacks have. They, but for him, it's going to be the off-field issues and some of the things he's got to deal with that way. He's got to get his life completely under control, start to learn what are his, you know, his danger zones. Yeah, and I, I, and I, so he can keep his mind on the game and not on all the rest of this extracurricular stuff. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm surp- he's in Dallas. That's going to be hard to do there. He's he's in Dallas. In Dallas, you truly are a superstar. If you're a running back, the starting running back for the Dallas Cowboys, Mm -hmm. your name is everywhere. That's a lot different than being a starting running back in Green Bay. I mean, there's not a nightlife in Green Bay like it is in Dallas. You're knocking Green Bay? Not knocking Green Bay, just saying, you know, (laughs) if you said, hey, where's my vacation spot I want to go and really party? You wouldn't want to play in Green Bay, huh? I play in Green Bay. You play in Green Bay because you want to win. You want to win football games. You know why? Why is that? All there is to do is to focus on football. There you go. All there is to do is focus on football, and that's what he's going to have to do. Is he's going to have to lock himself in a bunker and just go to practice, leave all that extracurricular stuff alone. Well, that's kind of hard for the Buckeye. It's going to be hard in Dallas. I think he enjoys himself mm-hmm. a little bit too much. Okay, we got to take a break. We're going to take this last break. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. Got the Chancellor of Football, Jeff Taylor, with me. Uh, we'll be right back. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail the Sports on the Voice America Network. I mean, things living like it matters. What matters is Hall of Fame weekend. And uh, I want you to be sure to tune in and make sure you enjoy all the festivities. Um, catch it all, record it, go back and watch it again. I'm sure this class is going to be, it's a great class, and I'm sure you will en- enjoy the Hall of Fame festivities. Uh, the game is on Thursday, and uh, I believe the induction ceremony may be on television on Sunday. But the game is definitely yeah. the first time the game is on, on Thursday. So uh, hopefully I'll be back in time, and well, I'm going to get home tomorrow, so I know I'll be back in time, get a chance to see a little bit of football. I don't think too many of the Cowboys are going to play too long. No. So as uh, the first game, you maybe a series. And, and your fellas, too many, they ain't going to play too long either. Mm-mm. Yeah. So yeah, the first series, you know. But but I I just want to say this. I, I I think some people forget how important this is. Th- this is a dream come true for a whole lot of young men. The first time in their life they're going to put on a pro football jersey and get a chance to play in a preseason game, which basically is, is, is a job interview. So just for most people that are listening, uh, not a, this is more of probationary period on a job. Let's say you got 90-day probation. Got 90 days, yep. They got, they got play-by-play probation. <laughs> so one play and it could be over with. It's not you, – you don't have all week, you know – they, you know, they have certain days, cut days, but they can just wake up in the morning and get a knock on your door. And if anybody doesn't know what that knock sounds like, now I've heard that knock. Thank God it's never, it was never for me. I thank God. I went through seven years. I never, Turk didn't never the knock. Turk. He didn't knock at the door for me. Thank God. As a matter of fact, my first year, my rookie year, I didn't even hear the Turk knock on the door. My roommate was just upset. And I asked him, why was he so upset? It was your roommate. I don't want to. All right, well, go ahead. <laughs> but anyway, um, it was a fourth round draft pick, and I was a twelfth round draft Ooh. pick. Yes, and um, I was like, "Well, how did you how you know it was for you? How you why you didn't know it was for me?" He said, "Cause he gave me the sheet." Like, wow, just messed me all up, bad, real bad, messed me up bad. So that that you don't. You know, for those of us... Um, you don't think he knew? No. 
fourth round draft pick? No, it was too away. It was early in camp. No, no. Wow. No, I don't think he knew. I didn't think he was gonna be knocking on the door no time soon. You know, if I thought if we either one of us was gonna go, I thought it'd be late. But you know, uh, if you've ever heard the authorities knock on the door before, there's a distinguished kind of knock. The Turk got a knock like that too. <laughs> you just don't. You just don't. You just don't want to hear that. But there, there was a couple things going on. Uh, let's say let's 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 switch the ball now. Let's 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 go with the round ball. There was some things going on, and I call him Daddy Ball. I thought Daddy Ball was a little disrespectful this week and, and some unsportsmanlike conduct on his part, um, talking about the referees and then and then taking his team off the court. Now, in, in my opinion, that's where you're, you're going too far. Uh, you know, there has to be some type of sanction that could be done to him. You know, there's certain things that could be done to owners. In the NFL, you can find an owner, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so there are certain things that can be done. Y- you can't lose control of your league and let somebody. That's embarrassing to the sport. That's disrespectful to the sport. What kind of message are you sending to any coach, anybody, that if, if the refs call something and you don't feel like it's going your way, you just take your team off the field? You quit? No. You don't ever, you don't ever quit. You know, there's other teams, you know, we, you know how it is. Somebody, you see the NBA games all the time, and they talk about how many times this team's been to the line and how many times the other team's been to the line. How many times, you know, Michael Jordan, you might get a call. You know, you know in basketball, it's always like that. They always say, but a, I, I talked to a, I talked to an umpire, referee, told me, listen, that, that don't happen. They, they don't talk about how they're going to call a game before a game is played. They call them all the same way. That's what a referee told me on, on not my show, but I was on, I might have been on, uh, one of the other fellows shows here at Voice America Sports. Uh, they don't do that. Uh, they don't say we're going to let them play. A foul is a foul is a foul. 365 days a year, anytime they play, that's what the ref said. A foul is a foul. So in this case, uh, Daddy Ball, and, and then t- saying the lady needs to get in her lane. You know. No. I, you know. You're going to have more respect for the game than that. And you got to <laughs> understand exactly who's watching you. Everyone is watching you in terms of. Other parents. Now you're talking about the business of the game now, or you're talking about the, the, the sportsmanship of the game? The sportsmanship of the game. Okay. I mean, we can talk about it and you because can you get and fined I afterwards. About, yeah, because we, we talked about some other stuff, too, and I, well, that's why I'm glad you're in the studio, because there were some other things that were in the sh- social fear this week where they were talking about women coaching in sports as well. Now, now let, let, let's, 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 take, let's, let's get off of Daddy Ball, because we both agree that he was disrespectful. He was. And and he's not, that that's not good for the game. He's done some other things that's good for his son, but that's not good for the game. Even for those people who are looking to become coaches, you know, you're supposed to be an example. You never know who's watching you, but you do represent the game. And there's something called sportsmanship in the game at, for anybody and all who, who was involved in the game. And that example that you gave for what a coach should do should not be an example that somebody should years later say, well, you know, I saw Brother Ball, you know, he took his team off the court, so I figured I'd just take my team off the court. That's, that's, that's the way you do it. That's the way you get the calls in your favor or at least get the ref to, you know, call different. No, you don't, you don't do that. Yeah. So um, the Jets got a defensive back coach, a new defensive back coach. And, well, she's, uh, I know she's an intern. We were talking about that on my Facebook page. Okay, she's an intern, but, that's, but that still is a – that's, that's she's an intern. She's not official on the staff. She's a, a summer intern coach. Summer intern coach. But she's a coach. She, but she is an intern coach. She's learning. She's spending some on-the-job training to be a coach. She's not hired as a coach on the staff yet. She's just 
participate in an internship program. Uh, is, is football, in your mind, Jeff, one of these sports where it's hard for a person to coach it if they haven't played it only if they're a lady? Or because there are some men who haven't played it at that level and they coach it. And they're even, there's even fraternities inside the National Football that consists of two different, the coaches that played and the coaches that didn't play. And they, there's a distinguished, you know, between those two. And, and they know, they recognize, they know it. I got a good friend of mine, you know, who had a lot of problems with some coaches that never played. And um, I'm not going to share his name because I don't know if he wants to get back into the business. Totally but, understood. But uh, he was a running back. Let me just say that a damn good one. So anyway, so so what's what's your perspective as it comes to a young lady coaching in the National Football League? Let's say if she's a because, in my opinion, the defensive lineman, the defensive side of the ball is a different side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. The defense are are taught to be aggressive. Offensive linemen, there's a scheme a lot of times, which you're, you're trying to be deceptive a lot of times. You're not always being overly aggressive. It's a passive aggressiveness there you go. with the offensive line. I, I will accept that. It is. Um, it's a physical game. Mm-hmm. A violent game. Now we got this concussion stuff and all this. Uh, women are emotional beings. Do you think this would interfere with their jobs? It, also being in the locker room. The locker room is, it, locker room kind of reminds me a lot of time of some of the music that I like. But I don't like to listen to it when my daughter who is a young woman, Correct. an adult, is in the car with me. Mu- I love music. My mom's in heaven, but God rest her soul. When, you know, there were times I drive her back from Pennsylvania back to Canton, from Philly to Canton. But I've been in the car, and if I got some OJs on, I'm okay. But if I, but if I had some Tupac on or something mm-hmm. like that, man, I, you know, I ain't want my mom to hear that. Mm-hmm. So the locker room is like that sometimes. When you're in the locker room, there's some things going on that, you know, She's still a lady. And when at a point in time do we stop thinking she's a lady? Because that's, that's what some people wanted to look at her like she's just a person. But she's, still, she's always a lady. And there's a certain Correct. level of respect. And, you know, there's somebody, there, the way, listen. And you can't I, I even say this to this day. Dynamics. That's exactly, I say this to this day. There are some things that if young people, particularly young mothers or mothers, would see or hear how football coaches address their children, they, they couldn't handle it. They wouldn't, they, their kids wouldn't play. They, they call them everything except a child of God. They do mm-hmm. things to them. They may, put, they may lay hands on them. And there may be some retaliation sometimes. You know, kid, don't want the coach to get your hand off me. You know, don't grab me. You know, whatever. But in the locker room, you know, coach is like, you know, you got your hand up your ass, you know, and, and somebody's going to flip that. And is she going to tell a, uh, a player he got his head up his ass? Somebody's going to flip that. And the player going to say, oh, he got his head up, you know, all kind of stuff. So, or what about a confrontation between the player and the coach where it's a shouting match? Get, that's exactly sometimes right. you're going to have that. You're going to get intimidated. You're going to have that. And sometimes it's, it's good totally to get that out. Yes. Then we can get back to the field. And okay, now let's get back to me coaching you and let's mm-hmm. get, get to business. Will she take that the wrong way? Mm-hmm. Can that be taken the wrong way? You know, so that's a new series of dynamics we're talking about. And to me, I don't think – Women football coaches should be sitting in that locker room, especially at the NFL level. These are grown men. These are non-impressionable children. 
This is entirely different when you're talking to men that are taking care of their families. This is entirely different. Yeah, and, and what's really interesting is, you know, it's, you know, there's always parallels to sports, particularly football, in the in in the war. You know, being in the war, being in a battle. You know, it, it's not that there's no comparison, because those are those are those are real weapons that will destroy parts of your body. You know, this is physical activity. It's totally different. But they always, you know, seem to reference one another. Uh, you, you look at this. This is almost like there are men who don't feel that women. I personally don't think when there's a battle and there's weapons and lives are going to be lost. No, I, I don't think our women should be out there on the front lines. I, okay. So in this case, it's kind of similar, but not quite the same. But um, we're going to have to pick this up next time. It's time for us to go, Chancellor. Man, already? <laughs> the show's over with. But uh, we'd like to thank you all. Of course, uh, thank you, my guests in the studio with me, uh, Jeff Taylor, the Chancellor of Football. You see him on Facebook, certainly on my page. He and I go back and forth on a lot of stuff. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. So um, Hall of Fame class of 2017, get ready. I'm coming home. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. You've been listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.